Transient mic. Write, record, preserve. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic. mic. So we're, you know, we're going to the first showing of, of uh, Once Upon a Time in, in New York, and we walk, we're walking out, and we're like, I can't even believe we're here, you know. We go to this theater, and there's all the movie stars, everyone's there, and we go up in our seats, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the movie starts, and we're like, whoa, that's Rick. Oh, hey, that's our song. Hey, that's, hey, we were like looking at it live, you know, and going, Dude, this is, you know, unbelievable magic, you know? It's kind of like what, what's going on here. There's, there's magic going on. People are going to listen to it. And hopefully someone will be, you know, someone will be like of, of age to go, hey, you know what? I want to work on a four track or, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what this is about. In this session, Rick Del Castillo and Alex Ruiz share their insights on Del Castillo and their collaboration with Robert Rodriguez and the band Chingon. This year, they introduced their newest project, Costello Roquero, which rediscovers famous Italian covers backed by their signature sound. Hello and welcome again to the Transient Mike Fortrack series. I'm your host, David Ventura Garcia, and we have moved locations. Uh, locations. <laughs> We've moved our, our, the studio a little bit for today into Smiling Castle Studio uh, with Rick Del Castillo. And we are uh, happy to feature today in today's episode Rick Del Castillo along with Alex Ruiz, who have part of the band Del Castillo. And we're going to talk about an exciting project they have uh, called Costello Roquero. So welcome, welcome guys, to the well, Fortrack series. Hello, all hello. you transients out there. Yeah. <laughs> in a world. In a world. It's a transient mic. <sighs> But yeah, it's it's really good to have you guys in in here because we've been we've been wanting to feature you know all kinds of different sounds and you guys are an Austin staple. You've been in the scene for for a long time and that's that's a, that's a blessing to be able to make a living doing it and having a studio and letting it lead into other projects. And uh, I've been fortunate to, to meet Rick. Actually, I filmed a video for for him and he produced Jeremy's album. Uh, when he was uh, with the coordinates. So uh, I wanted to talk, you know, with an origin, we'll, we'll kind of be, get at the beginning, and, and what's the history between the two of you and, and what brought you together? You Do it, bro, because you always do it the best. Uh, started with the earth cooling down. Yeah. Oh, first the, well, first the earth cooled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then the dinosaurs came. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Alex and I, actually Alex met my brother Mark first. Uh, they met at a party, and ironically, they, they started talking music, and one of the things that they talked about was learning Cancion del Mariachi. Yeah, that was one of the night songs. You know, and uh, they ended up playing it together, and I was doing Spanish-style stuff on my own, uh, and we just started playing stuff for each other, and, you know, Mark brought Alex over, and... And, uh, and, the, and the locale was South Texas, right? That's where No, it was in Austin. Oh, he's in Austin? Yeah, well, in we're Austin. originally from South Texas, okay. from Brownsville. We're originally from Brownsville, all of us. Uh, even Mike lived down there, who's Mike Zioli, the Del Castillo drummer. He lived in Las Fresnas, which was nine miles north. I was way because away. Because that's what I'm saying. That's the real origin. I mean, you yeah. guys known each other for yeah. a long time. And Albert, I've known him since sixth grade, seventh grade. There you go. And that, that's, that's a great thing when you can keep that, that friendship going. And, and even in, in musically... 
you know, early when, but, you know, when you go way back, I mean, you were with uh, Akasha, right? Yeah. And tell us about that, because I think that's a, that's an, that's a cool thing in the sense that, because Alex, we were talking earlier, and you'd show up, Alex, and he'd be in his spandex, is that right? Or... Yeah, yeah, well, it was, it was before Akasha, actually. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, um, bad Habit? Bad okay. Habit, when I remember seeing Rick and Dave Valdez, and they were hanging out in a garage just playing, you know, some In tunes. jeans. Back in the day, and in yeah, in jeans and and the no big spending. old hair, and I was like, "E, I want to be like that guy yeah. one of these days." <laughs> and now I'm next to him, <laughs> I'm next to doing him, doing an interview. <laughs> and, and Akasha was a, a, a three piece band, right? And yeah. what, what, what kind of stuff were you doing then? We did like melodic rock. It was like originals. It was sixty percent originals and forty percent cover, and the stuff like you know, Dokken, Scorpions. Stuff like that. And, and Rush. Were, like VFW halls or what were you playing? I mean, what were you? <laughs> they were at like Quinceanera going, <laughs> To hell with the devil. Exactly. That's the kind of stuff yeah. I grew up on. I mean, we it, it, I'm from Corpus Christi, right? So that South Texas scene, there was yep. a lot of heavy metal, a lot of rock, Iron Maiden and Ronnie James Dio. But, but then you grow musically into other things and you start to listen to other sounds. But also... Being in the, in the familia, there was mariachi playing, there was conjunto, there was all kinds of sounds. And today we're actually <clears throat> going to cross over into a couple of things, even to the Italian and hearing, you know, s- s- tunes that we've heard before. Yeah. But your rendition is very beautiful. I want I want to kind of also talk about, because one of the first early influences I had, and that's why it's always great to talk to you guys, um, Early on, you know, I, I tried to play guitar and piano, and I, and I learned it in flamenco and things. But I, I discovered the Gypsy Kings, which ties in a lot to what you do. Mm-hmm. And I also discovered Los Lobos, which you guys got to tour with. So can, can you tell me first about, you know, uh, your take on the Gypsy Kings and then what you think about them and then, and then, and then share some stories with Los Lobos? That'd be great. Wow. Gypsy Kings, uh, they come from um, that, that little area up northern Spain between France and Spain. And, and so um, I guess they, they got famous through Picasso playing parties. Their dad played parties for Picasso, Pablo Picasso. And, and I guess uh, then they started playing some New York parties, and that's where they got famous. And that sound just... You know it, that those, those the guitar, the the rhythms, uh, the, and the the vocals too, and the vocals and everything they do, they brought to the table was, it 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 had something that that drew us, you know, towards that sound in a way. That's one aspect. Yeah. Uh, um, one aspect of our music, uh, you know, we're we're influenced by so many so many different things, you know. Some, but the Gypsy Kings is a major influence, you know, with the nylon guitar. For many, many, many years, we've just we chose to to play just nylon guitar. Until recently, we started playing electric guitar, just because you know we've done six albums of of yeah. pure mm-hmm. uh, nylon guitar. So you know, Alex brought you know I had heard the Gypsy Kings, and you know, Mark and I listened to Strunz and Farah, um, you know, incorporate that with Al Di Miola, and then you know, Mike Zioli, our drummer, listens to a whole other thing, you know whole other set of music and then albert listened to a whole you know you know and the thing is i mean that's you go all the way from 
you know, ACDC to Bach to, you know, yeah. to Leonard Skinner. I mean, we listen to everything. But that, that's what's great about what we're saying is that regionally you were bringing, I mean, this is a European sound, Spanish the influence that we have, but there's there's a lot of, even like Poncho Sanchez, who's a, a famous, right? He plays the congas, but he was, yeah. I think, from El Paso or Los Angeles, right? That we, that we we bring, bring it into our culture really quick, and like in our upbringing. It struck a chord with us. And, yeah. and then what you guys do is add some blues over it and make mm-hmm. it like of a Texas sound in Austin. Right. That, I think that's what Austin latched on to early on, you know, as fans of, of, of Del Castillo. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, the interesting thing is like my dad would listen to Javier Solis albums, you know, Saturday night, you know, just marathons and stuff. So I grew up with that. But, you know, then I would the next night play Deep Purple, you know, and Black Sabbath, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that's all. And our neighbors across the street or across the, the field, they, they would have, you know, Part, you know, parties till three in the morning and they would play, you know, conjunto music, you know, yeah. so you'd hear that whether you liked it or not, it was going on, you know. It's and the part of town that the cops wouldn't go to. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a constable. Yeah, right. yeah, there you go. See? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think that's a good segue because I, I want to come back to, to some other stories, but let's, let's go ahead and feature, let's start with Del Castillo and that's a song called Vida. We'll, we'll play that one here and, and talk about that and then we'll get into your other projects. All right. So here it is, Vida, Del Castillo.
right, we're back. That was uh, yeah, that was magical. <laughs> that was, and we always like to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I it, no, liked no. it. No, we, we're back, and that was that was a really uh, you know flamenco style. It was an early. It's, I'm calling it a deep cut. That's what Alex is saying, right? Yeah, it's yeah. one of our first tunes. Yeah, it was on our second album, though. Well, that go, going back to how we originated, you know, Mark and Alex were working together, and I was I wrote a song with one of my students. And it was in the same vibe, but we didn't know each other was, you know, we didn't know that we were, you know, Al, I didn't know about Alex and Mark doing their thing, and they didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, Mark and I talked about, hey, wouldn't it be cool to do, you know, an album? We never played together mm -hmm. at that time. Why don't we do, like, a Christmas album? And we were going to do initially originals, I mean, excuse me, instrumentals. And Mark said, well, I got the song Dias de Los Angeles, and he played that for me. And, then, and I remember they came over, they played Dias de Los Angeles, and... Uh, and um, uh, when you put Madrigales. us to work, bro, you're yeah, like, yeah. get in the studio here, yeah, right here. Yeah. <laughs> Sueños Madrigales, and I said, wow, those are, those are your songs? And so, yeah, they wrote, Alex and Mark wrote those together. And so I don't know why Sueños didn't make the first album, but we ended up, you know, on the first album, I played bass on 80% of it. We had a guest yeah. bass player play because, you know, we weren't really a band. Mm -hmm. And I had a, I was giving guitar lessons, and one of my students was the, the head of a, the CEO of a, of a law firm. And he said, man, I kept playing him our recordings. And, you know, just it was kind of like, hey, these are the gifts, you know, we're going to give to our friends and family for a Christmas gift. And he said, man, I want to hire you guys to play at my party, my law firm party. Yeah. And, and it, and so we practiced and we had to literally learn the songs. So we had wow. we practiced and practiced and we thought, well, if we're going to take all this time to do one gig, let's book one more gig. But by practicing, what you mean like flamenco learning structure? The songs. It, it, no, just learning the songs. Learning the songs. You know, we, yeah. we, because we wrote the songs, recorded them, and moved on. You know, and then so we literally had to, to learn the songs. Um, and then we did another show at a club in Austin, and it just took off from there. Yeah. And and Vida, Vida was on the second that album. That was the second album. Well, that's the title of the second album. The Vida. second album. Yeah. And... and uh, so sh share with me in terms of the, the, the process of, of the songs. I mean, because, you know, I, I love the... At this point, you were playing a lot of flamenco already, and you had your chops down for that. And, and But, you like, even in this version, you throw a little blues lick in there. And, I mean, you were doing that on stage, and people were responding to that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then how did, it, how did it come to be that you guys got to tour with Los Lobos? And, and Well, fast forward a couple of years. I mean, we, you know, in the early, early, early days that we were doing, uh, playing, Robert Rodriguez came to one of our shows. And, you know, that gave us a lot of clout and notoriety in town. And all of a sudden we're right. like, you know, hey, who are these guys? They're hanging out with Robert Rodriguez. And so we started doing a lot of film work with him. Uh, and then so we got management, yep. and then they put us on the road. We we played, toured with Sticks, and we did a show with Don Henley, and, uh, and we did a, tours, House right? of Blues tours, and and we played. Los Lobos. We did a bunch of shows with Los Lobos as well, and it was it was funny that one time that uh, I think we were in El Paso. I don't remember. It was Cesar Roja. Uh, yeah, Cesar. Cesar yeah. yeah, Cesar. He he. You know, we we were walking to the stage and like shh, shh then they come and then they, and then they they busted into Canción de Mariachi, right? Well, we did. We yeah. we started the song, and then they started clapping and get, ah, yeah. ay 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 ay, ay ay, you know. And then Cesar got up on a yeah. table, and then it, the table started shaking. He got down. And we were yeah. all laughing, and yeah. <laughs> you know, we had a good time. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Los Lobos were, I mean, again, another Latin influence. You know, Latino band that uh, up from LA that, you know. 
I love to spread the word of Los Lobos, and they've yeah. been featured on ACL many times. They're going to be in that ACL Hall of Fame, right? I think it is. They've been there so many times. But what they were able to do was was blend so many. I mean, there's there's part lowrider culture, pachuco. There's part yeah. banda. I mean, now I don't know about banda, but corridos and trancheras. Yeah. They, I mean, what was the influence there? Were you guys listening to Los Lobos a lot? Wow. Well, um, I, I, you know. The uh, one see, that, that yeah, that's loved. Albert. Albert's gonna be the the you know the big Los Lobos cheerleader. Yeah, the, <laughs> I mean we all liked Los Lobos, but he we were was hearing like, him on soundtracks more. You know, I mean we we had seen the the what was the the movie that they were the, the La Bamba I mean, the, La Bamba. Yeah, and then it was funny because we were touring and I think we were somewhere in Iowa, some little casino, and this lady's like, I've been waiting for y'all guys all day. You guys, you guys are the ones that play La Bamba, right? And we're like, yes, man, we do anything you want us to do, we'll do it. We'll play it. They thought we were Los Lobos, yeah. but uh, um, I forgot what I was gonna well, say. But well, let me let me segue. Oh, Al, Al, I was gonna say, yeah. you know, we're friends, but Albert's seen him at that time. Albert saw him like sixty something was, times. At that time, it was forty seven times. Yeah, wow. there you, go. you know, so he he eclipses all of us combined. Yeah. Well, it, and it's interesting what you said because um, about the Robert connection. Let's talk about that because Robert does, you know, have a, a, an interesting style of incorporating, you know, these these real good moods. I think, you know, again, as a filmmaker, uh, you know, that's I was inspired by by a lot of his scenes that he would use the music with a mariachi. You know, the title of his, you know, his first film is a mariachi. Uh, but but uh, and then he even but he'll even use like a Dire Straits song mm -hmm. or some old cut, yeah. you know. Uh, like an old R and B, you know, funk kind of thing, sure. and so that, that's whatever really, fits the scene. Yeah, and I think that that's great. So, so what was that like uh, when when you, when you discovered that he had who 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 talked to who when you discovered that Robert was at your show or he was well a mutual friend of ours, Carl Thiel, producer, had started working with Robert, and Robert asked him, "Hey, man, you know, I live in Austin now." I'd kind of like a band like Los Lobos, you know, of sorts, you know, that they sing in Spanish and English and, you know, and so Carl brought him to one of our early shows and <clears throat> Robert said, like, when he heard Spanish Castle Tango, he said, that's the soundtrack of my next movie. That, that sound is what I've been hearing in my head, you know, so we, I mean, you know, it was kind of like one of those magical moments that we were doing exactly what he was envisioning for the music to be for his movies. Yeah. And, and it even took it one step further because then you guys formed Chingon, right? And, yeah. and, and, and how did that happen? Because he wanted to be in the band. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want to start my own band. Well, and by, you was, guys play with me. But he was oh, practicing was the guitar, right? He did been always oh, yeah. played. You know. Yeah, he plays. I, I gave him lessons. That's how it initially started. When Carl introduced us to him, he came to the show, introduced himself, and then said, you know, hey, I want to take lessons. So I started giving him lessons. And then <clears throat> lessons led to, you know... Um, from the studio, going to the studio and and playing to you know to picture and, and showing them just like it was it was one of those magical moments that you know I'd never played to picture ever in my life and then doing that it was and then he incorporated one of our songs a live version of Dios de los Angeles into Once Upon a Time in Mexico. So we're you know we're going to this this um, the first show showing of, of uh, Once Upon a Time in, in New York. Mm -hmm. It was in New York, right? And mm -hmm. yeah. and we walk we're walking out and well like, I can't even believe we're here, you know. We go to this theater and there's all the movie stars, everyone's there and we go up in our seats and all of a sudden, you know, the, the movie starts and we're like, Whoa, that's Rick. Mm -hmm. Oh hey, that's our song. Hey, that's hey. Yeah, we yeah. were like looking at it live, you know, and going 
dude, this is, you know, unbelievable magic, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like what, what's going on here. There's, there's magic going mm -hmm. on. People are going to listen to it. And hopefully someone will be, you know, someone will be like of, of age to go, hey, you know what? I want to work on a four track or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's what, what this is mean. about. Yeah. And thank you for saying that because yeah. we, we really hope to, you know, first and foremost, be a preservation organization in that, you know, we get to talk to you and this will be here. And, and, and we always say maybe one day your great grandchildren will be listening back to this. To That'd this. be nice. You know, that'd be cool. And that's what preservation is about. And, and, and the sound in particularly of what you guys are doing. I like the progression that you've made because it, it doesn't stop there. Right. You are, you did some chingon. And then after that, you were, you came up with Rick. Uh, you, you opened the studio here. We're here at Smiling Castle and Kyle. And you were able to to bring other bands in and bring your you're because you i remember we talked one time and you said man i started out with with an eight track or you were doing some or maybe the, the, the you push two buttons at once a yeah. little <laughs> i used to use two cassette decks right and yeah. i would record on one and play it back and i have to tune because the tape was at a wrong speed <laughs> and then i have to tune the second guitar and go back bounce back and forth and then there's that that beetle geekdom that you have and and and, and all the things that encompass a beetle album like abbey road or the symphony of I'm a, I just I mean the Beatles were a huge influence on me but you know just as much I grew up listening I love I love music you know but the I would say the Beatles probably are are the biggest influence to me I mean other than you know great rock guitar players and and you know blues players mm -hmm. but um, yeah you and I did a, a video together yeah. for a song that I wrote called Paul McCartney where I played all the instruments and you shot me individually, just like yeah. Ellis. That was a, that yeah. was a good time, and that's when I noticed again that vibe that that that, we, that was that's happening. And and Alex, who who was like when he, you know he's got the Beatles, he's saying a big one, but who was a really big influence for you? Well, you know, I, I grew up with my my dad's albums as well, and and um, the Beatles were were one of the the you know the the bands that we would I, we would hang out to and. We'd be shining shoes or cutting the lawn or washing dishes and listening to those albums Elvis. or singing them. Yeah. Elvis. And Elvis. Elvis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Elvis and, was a big one for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved Elvis. I, yeah. Blue Hawaii. I don't think and, I've ever said that, but yeah. <laughs> every album had, like, he had, like, a different, like, you know, like, different eye colors. I caught that. I was like, why does he have green eyes in this one and blue eyes in this one, Dad? Yeah. I don't know. It's Hollywood. That wouldn't know. And, and and so another question that I have about Del Castillo and the experience and, and everything, it, it seems like there was a there was a big following that started to happen over overseas in Europe and Germany and and uh, you know Europe, Spain. Yeah. 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 So how how did that happen? Was it the, the internet thing or? Well, a, a lot of that had to do with when people found out that Chingon, you know, doing the movie stuff was really Del Castillo with Robert Rodriguez. We were really pleasantly surprised when we first went over there. People knew who we were, being even before we had ever gone there, and a lot of that was contributed to the fact that we did that the album soundtrack work, um, and then just sheer touring and touring. We we you know even the people that hadn't seen those movies they became aware of us. Fans of yeah. yeah. Well, that that can help us segue. I think I think we should we should get into the other song because we can we're going to talk some more. But I, I think what was cool was out of that that. That sort of crossing over into Europe and you in the birth of YouTube, it was helping you record these songs. I heard, you know, that one of the uh, gentlemen, Paolo, heard what you guys were playing a cover, an Italian cover, right? Yeah. And that led into this. Tell us about this yeah. next project, Costello Roquero. Costello. So is that how Paolo heard of? Actually, I'm I'm not sure. Maybe he 
I'm not sure exactly how he heard of us, if it was us doing uh, The Godfather live, or I know that he's a huge Robert Rodriguez fan, and he, I mean, he really, really digs deep to find out who's what and what's doing this and who's doing that. So he he realized that Costa, I mean, that uh, that Chingon was actually Del Castillo with Robert. And so he really wanted to look into, so he started buying, he bought everything that we've ever done. He had every copy of every album, every DVD, every everything wow. he had. And, and then we met him. For me, he contacted me and asked if I would play guitar. It's, that's how it started. If I would play, for me, mm-hmm. I would play guitar on this album that he's doing, this Italian band. And then he asked me to play on two songs. And then he asked me to record a song. And then it just went. And then, you know, he asked Alex and I to do uh, this project, called, you know, and they came up with the name. He came, He he's enamored with the movie The Departed. That's why he went to Costello. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but we didn't, you know, so Alex added the Roquero. And then I changed the spelling of it. <laughs> so all three of us contributed to it. Uh, um, so that's where we, we he wanted to do some cl- famous uh, late 60s, early 70s Italian songs. And of course, he knew that we did The Godfather, Parla Pi- Piu Piano. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did that song and, and we kind of listened to a whole bunch of songs and picked them, picked them together and... And it's a spectacular album. I mean, Alex sang amazingly well, and he was learning all the lyrics, and and he's singing in Italian. Well, by let, the let, way, that's a good. Let's let's go ahead and, and roll on Parla Piu Piano. Okay. Okay, and we'll come back and and talk about having to sing in, in Italian. Rolling. Sembre così, 
Parla più piano e veni più vicino a me Voglio sentire gli occhi miei dentro di te Nessuno sa la verità Un grande amore mai più grande Esistirà Okay, we're back. Such, such a beautiful song. That was that was really. I was in the room, listening, and really well done. Thanks, thanks for for contributing to that today. Yeah, man. and Thank uh, you. tell me about about that experience to have it sing in it. I mean, in Italian, man. Wow. Yeah. So so it's um you know it, it's it's the Latin language, one of the Latin languages. I think there's French, right? French, mm-hmm. Spanish, Latin, Spanish, English, yeah, Portuguese, Portuguese. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful language, just like any of them, and and um, and it's deep as 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 uh, as far as like when you're looking at translations, it you know it kind of it kind of has like a powerful cut to it. You know, it's kind of like you when you when you talk in in Spanish, you have a you know some songs just sound. Better in Spanish, some songs. Yeah, yeah the romantic language. That's sort of when when I was listening to the song and thinking back, man, it, it brought me back memories of because you know again I studied piano. My parents wanted me to learn that, and that's one of the first songs that I tried to because it, the Godfather was okay. big, right? Yeah. And and to hear that song, it brought me back to to a time when I was sitting at a piano, trying to play this, and then I thought about. The language. I, I don't think because when you it's speak softly, love, right? Speak yeah. softly, love, and that was the English translation. But it doesn't carry yeah, the the impact right. that it does in Italian or even probably in Spanish, like some of the mariachi songs or whatever. When you translate it to English, yeah. some of them would perform well in a market and get very popular. Yeah. But but it was not the same, right? Right. And, <clears throat> and then it doesn't carry the same soul that Alex that you have. I mean, it's really really well done and i love i love hearing your, your voice behind that man oh, thank you. and, how, and what, what was that a product tell me about your your vocal training and all that how did, how did that get started well um you know what going back to you know listening to university <laughs> of 19th street yeah <laughs> uh, um you know hanging out with my dad and and going over you know albums and and listening to him sing was he in a, in a, in a band or a, he a was choir in a few or? bands in brownsville back in the day you know brownsville texas and so that's kind of where I got it from, and I was, I was, um, he was like my first teacher, really, and mm-hmm. inspiration, and that's kind of where, you know, I started grasping other, you know, singers, and hey, what was that song you sang last night, Dad? You know, mm-hmm. at three in the morning. Yeah. But <laughs> so there was no formal training. You weren't in choir or anything like that. It was just grabbing a no, mic. No, I mean, and I, I went to choir, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of church things but but not really like i had no formal role training you know it's just mm-hmm. just picked it up and whatever and and, and you strike me personality wise like you you might have been more of an in an actor were you ever in acting or anything like that <laughs> every day bro yeah, no but I, you catch me on sin city <laughs> yeah, right. you got my did, five minutes of fame there. did you do any of that in high yeah, school yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. you're 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 up front singing, and and yeah. you know even Del Castillo's behind the name, right, of the yeah. band, but uh, but you carry a lot of weight on stage as well, right? You carry your own, and so that's yeah. why I was wondering where you get that performance aspect of it, because it it impresses the audience, it impressed Robert, you know, yeah. as an ensemble. <laughs> but, but, but I gotta tell you, when we first played, Robert thought he was an old old man. 
because he had because he had bandanas on and he had a hat and he was looking yeah. down. He was like, "Hey, you guys are good, but ditch the old guy." <laughs> and then he came up to Alex and Alex goes, like, "Oh, he's young, good, keep him, keep him." <laughs> That's good See? though. But yeah. don't shoot, don't shoot the cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that so that, I think that's what that's what made Del Castillo such a such a fixture is the presence of, of everybody on stage, man. And so Costello Roquero is a new project that's going to be all in Italian, uh, uh, many covers of these very very popular covers. And you already you guys already performed there, right? A, a live version. Of we we did a, a live performance last year in Milan. In, in Milan, yeah. a couple of performances, and uh, it's just getting it all ready to promote it. In a, in a nice big way it's taking a little bit more time than we you know anticipated but it will be released and it's it's great music we have flying cars now so you know. <laughs> yeah, right. well there's there's many ways to, to present and I, I am I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to share it with us today one one of the song a little teaser and uh, I really am glad to have the opportunity to to be a part of, of, of that scene. And, and I know that you guys are going to record a video next and, like you said, go on some tour. But also, I also wanted to segue into maybe some of the projects, if you want to share with us, what, what, let's start with Alex. What are you working on right now that, that uh, outside well, of Costello? Well, Alex just won an award. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a documentary. <clears throat> right. Yeah, you were in a... In a let me, what was the name of that one? It was, so it's uh, Paz Amor y Musica, Paz Amor y Musica, the Alex Ruiz story, which a friend of mine, um, Israel Marquez, made. Um and it just won, I think it's ninth award for, um, you know, best uh, documentary. <clears throat> and it features, of course, Del Castillo. Mm -hmm. Features all my musical, um, you know, trilogy. <laughs> yeah. um, Rob Rodriguez, all, everyone that Del Castillo worked with. Um, and I guess um, they also featured the Anybody Wanna video, which um, <clears throat> has Willie Nelson in it. And... Few few other celebrities, which was directed by Carl Thiel, the our friend that introduced <laughs> us to Robert. Yeah. Cool. So that's great. And then you got you got another another band that you you perform with, right? Uh, you like on Saturday, uh, you know. You were saying oh yeah, Monday. I have a. You know, I'm just a working musician as well. I, I, I wherever I can get a gig, I I'll go out there and just. Plug you know, in. I got to work my, yeah, plug in. You yeah. got electricity? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And then you got Smiling Castle over here, Rick, and you've been recording some some artists. There was a there was actually a band from Germany one time. I remember yeah. coming down on a band called Trails. Mm -hmm. Check them out if you ever get a chance. Yeah. They're and then an a, awesome band. And Scott was... Uh, Scott, Scott was, Rodden. I've been recording him, a great singer, songwriter from uh, Seattle. So I recorded his album. Uh, we had some... He's brought in a lot of great local artists. Eliza Gilkison was on the last one. Uh, you know, uh, Jeff Plankenhorn, Michael Ramos, Kerry Rodriguez, Phoebe Hunt, you know, Phil Bass, yeah. drummer. Uh, I mean, Gary Herman. Just a lot of a lot of talented uh, musicians that played on, on. He's done three projects here with me. And one thing I'm going to say that I'm working on now, which is going to spark a, something for Alex to mm -hmm. also comment on. So I'm working on two operas right now, wow. and so uh, just doing music for that. And uh, Alex was working on a, a script, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my first yeah. script that I wrote, uh, co-wrote with um, with um, Amy Parrish, um, uh, my my writing partner, and um, so we wrote a, a, a script uh, called. Um, <laughs> Hijos de la Perdición, Sons of Perdition. And it's like an old Western, um, like the 
South Texas in the 1700s. Cool. That's which what you're I've never seen an old Western in the 1700s. And I just read about um, somebody doing a Netflix series of the old West, like we're talking Col- Colorado, California, and New Mexico and all that. Uh, in the 1800s, it's going to be coming up to Netflix. So yeah. I guess we're, we're hitting a nerve somewhere. Yeah, that's great. And there's a lot of history. There's a lot of stories to be told, a lot of songs to be composed. And that's what's great. Yeah. Transient Mike, we're, we're hoping to to capture a lot of that, preserve that, and be a fixture here as well, like some of the other organizations here. Because there's so many good things happening in Austin, and we continue to produce and produce and produce uh, good things out of here. So I want to thank you for your time today, for being a part of this, and, and, and really letting us kind of sort of come in and take over your studio for, for one day. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, we're going to, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do some more things and, and revisit with you guys and see what's going on. But thanks again, guys. Really, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Transient Mike. The songs Parla, Piano and Vida were performed and recorded at Smiling Castle Studio in Kyle, Texas. This podcast was produced by Transient Mike. Performance and podcast audio engineer Jeremy Fowler. The four-track series was tracked on a quarter-inch reel-to-reel Tascam 44 tape machine donated by the family of Mike McCormick. Transient Mike is a nonprofit organization devoted to the preservation of music and sound. For more information, go to transientmike.org. If you would like to be a sponsor, feel free to contact us at info at I'm your host, David Ventura Garcia. Thank you for listening. You know, you, you, hey, you, this guy, you get a tape machine. <laughs> oh, here's, here's my Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah, you're so- <laughs>